need some help, right, in, in thinking ahead to, uh, uh, to, to what's coming in the future because we tend to worry. I think all of us tend to worry. Anxiety is at an all-time high. We could talk today about the reasons for that. Um, I mean, it might be the 24-hour news channels that keep us informed of every single thing that's going on in the world uh, anywhere all the time. Maybe it's social media and trying to keep up with uh, uh, what everybody else is doing and and make sure that we uh, keep a a good uh, profile going. Maybe it's the very real problems that are in the world right now and we're anxious because there's, you know, things like a global pandemic or, uh, you know, the need for racial healing, uh, political unrest, mass shootings, financial instability. I, we, we could name a whole lot. Of, maybe it's just, not just, maybe it's the difficult things in our personal lives. Maybe all that is out there, but, but we're dealing with very real issues, health concerns, expenses, decisions to be made. Again, the list can go on and on. It's, it's a lot. We, we tend to get anxious, and, and we cope in a lot, of, a lot of different ways. Not so long ago, but uh, before COVID, Rebecca and I were, uh, were flying and uh, we were uh, waiting at the gate. And as we did, a, a young woman uh, came in and she had a rather large dog in tow. I don't know what the breed was, but think, I don't know, Doberman-ish, I think. So that's kind of the, uh, the, 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 the picture to have in your head. She sat across from us, you know how the, the kind of the rows are there as you're waiting, and, and she sat across from us in the waiting area, and the seats began to fill up as it got closer to time for the flight to take off, and, and uh, so a man then at one point sat down beside her and uh, asked her about her dog, and we overheard her say that it was her emotional support animal, and, and uh, then the man leaned over to pet the dog on the head, and it about bit his hand off. Um, and then there's these, you know, the, that, that aggressive barking, you know, and everyone in the whole, uh, well, yeah, I'm pretty much the whole concourse was aimed our direction as this echoed and reverberated off the, uh, off the walls. And, uh, and, and the woman apologized saying that that never happens. And then over the course of the next 30 minutes, it happened two more times. And, um, and, and, uh, I hadn't walked into the airport that day with any anxiety, but after encountering this woman's emotional support animal, uh, I, uh, I had a lot of anxiety. We, we, uh, we, we tend to use a lot of different things, and, and, uh, and whether that's uh, uh, an animal that, that might give us some support, maybe therapy, uh, a lot of different things that we put into our lives that might help us to cope with our anxieties. And whatever the specific issues that we get anxious about, it, it, it always seems like uh, there, there, there's something about the future, right? We're, we're worried about what's going to happen. We, we don't know what's, what's coming down the pike and how things are going to work out. And, and so we, we, we tend to get anxious about it. In, in this series, we've looked at how God's love can reign over our past and over our present. But what about what's coming in the future? Statistics say that, that uh, uh, I don't know, 20%-ish of Americans struggle with some form of anxiety disorder, and professionals say it's probably at least double that, and so that's, uh, that's like about 80 million Americans, that, that, and, and that's just uh, whether it's diagnosable or not, but all of us tend to have worries. Well, in the church, we might call those concerns, right? But, but we, we worry, or I guess we call them prayer requests, right? And we, we, uh, we, we just uh, throw those things out there. 
Maybe, maybe that's why one of the most repeated commands in Scripture, uh, uh, one of the, 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 the most repeated encouragements is some variation of the phrase, do, do not fear or don't be afraid. Uh, I, I haven't counted. Uh, they say, some folks that I've read say that, that uh, some version of that encouragement uh, is in the Bible 365 times. So uh, once a day, I guess, we need to be... Um, Reminding ourselves that we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't fear. Uh, of course, there are definitely times when, when uh, anxiety and other mental health issues should be addressed uh, by medical and psychological professionals. I, I believe that completely. <laughs> My wife's a counselor. I, I better, right? But at, at, at times, I think the church has dealt with a lot of these issues and just said, well, you just need to pray more. And if you do that, and you, you, then it'll just solve all the problems. I believe that, that relief and healing can also come through counseling, uh, maybe even medication, other forms of, of, of things in, the, in the, uh, the, the health realm, in addition to praying more and diving in in your relationship with God. Now, all that being said, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a, I'm a pastor, and so I'm, I'm going to approach these issues from the perspective of God and his word. And it could be, that we've lived with fear and anxiety for so long that we just think it's normal and it's just expected. But, but what if it's not? What if, what if you could live a life of victory over worry and fear and anxiety? What if, what if God and his love could reign in your heart so much that you don't need to worry about the future? And what lies ahead. I, I, I believe that that's possible. In fact, I, I believe that the Bible says uh, that's what the Bible spells out as far as what we could, how we can and should live. Believe it or not, even before social media, people struggled with worry and anxiety. Even people in Jesus' day uh, needed some instruction on ha- how to handle their worries and fears. Jesus uh, addressed this in a section uh, of, uh, of the book of Matthew that, that has been called the Sermon on the Mount. So uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of, of Matthew are all about uh, is this the big long teaching of Jesus as he's up on the mountainside speaking to his disciples. And, and he taught about a lot of different things in there. And if you've, you've uh, read through the Sermon on the Mount than you know, and if you haven't, then I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, he's, he's addressing issues like how to pray, uh, issues with, uh, with uh, dealing with our anger. Uh, talk, he talks about adultery and divorce. He talks about uh, giving to the needy. He talks about uh, uh, godly principles for our finances and our money. And then in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6, he dives into this whole issue of worry. And so we're going to start there today, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or your, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In the, in the culture, when, uh, when Jesus is teaching his disciples, there were, a, there were a lot of people who lived on the edge of death, pretty much. They, they didn't necessarily know where their next meals would, would come from, or, or uh, many didn't have a roof over their heads, or at least consistently, and, and, uh, and, and the, it was kind of sketchy whether they'd have the clothes that they needed to protect themselves from the elements. Some can relate to that uh, today, but most in our Western culture, uh, we, we don't necessarily worry if we have any clothes. We worry if we have the right clothes. Uh, we, we don't worry whether we'll have a roof over our heads, but uh, is our house one that Joanna Gaines would approve of? Um, or we don't necessarily, we pretty much know there's going to be another meal. Uh, it's just, is it going to be something that we like and enjoy? Um, I'm guessing that, uh, that, that, that we might read something like this in our Western society and uh, a lot of us might say, well, that doesn't really apply to me because I've got those things taken care of. I, I've, I know where I've, I've got a place to live and I've got food to eat and I've got clothes on my back and, and so that, that doesn't really uh, apply to me. We have other things to worry about, Right? Jesus didn't address those things. He's just talking about those basic needs. But, but, uh, but, but I'm here to tell you today that the principles still hold true. Anxiety and worry are, are detrimental to all of us, no matter what it is we're worrying about. Why is that? Well, it's because worry doesn't solve the issue. Worry doesn't bring the, uh, the resolution. Verse 27 asks, if anyone can add an hour to our lives by worrying. The obvious answer is, of course not. Of course we can't do that. Doctors today would argue that the opposite is true, right? Uh, chronic worry can cause serious physical problems, uh, ulcers, heart attacks, high blood pressure. Uh, there's, there's a quote from, from Dr. Charles Mayo. You've heard of the Mayo Clinic. Uh, Dr. Charles Mayo wrote this. Uh, he says, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. He says, I've never met a man or known a man to die of overwork, but I have known a lot who died of worry. Stress and anxiety can actually shorten our lives and cause real physical harm to our health. So what does, what does Jesus say about, about what to do in how to fight against worry and anxiety in our lives? Reading through this passage on the surface, it might seem a lot like Jesus is saying, well, just stop it, right? Don't worry, don't. You, you worry, don't. Maybe a lot like what we, what we saw up there on the, on the video but there's, there's more to it here and we need to, uh, to dive into these principles that Jesus lays out because I believe that they can, they can truly make a difference in our lives. The, the, the first principle is, is so simple and yet it's so vital and we can't go past it. We have to get this nailed down before we go any further. You must know, deep down in your soul, you must know that you are valuable to God. As, as Matthew says here, if, if God takes care of the needs of, uh, of the mangy ver- birds that are flitting around, uh, won't he take care of you? If, if God makes the, the, the field flowers beautiful, uh, many of which no human eye will ever even see, uh, d- don't you think he'll make sure the details of your life are taken care of? You matter 
to God. He sees you. He knows you. So let his love rule your life, reign in your heart. I, I, I love Psalm 139. Um, uh, we... Uh, we rehearsed it. We even had a little book with uh, that kind of paraphrased that. Uh, today, I want to read part of that psalm today. Uh, that from the uh, from the message uh, paraphrase, Doctor Eugene Peterson, uh, and and it speaks to this issue that God knows you intimately more than any other person. Psalm one thirty nine. It, it says this: God investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you, even from a distance. You know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me, and you're there. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. And then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes. You shaped me first, inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd lived, even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I will never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. You are valuable to God. He loves you. I, I think there could be somebody who came into this place or logged online today just to hear that. Who you are, where you are, what you're going through, it matters to God and he knows all about it. Here's, here's a, a principle that plays into this as well. What you believe about God can determine your level of anxiety. If, if you believe that God is out to get you, he's there to trip you up in your sins, to, to make you earn his favor, that sounds a whole lot like an anxious life. I hope I don't mess up or God's gonna be mad at me. But if you really know in your heart of hearts that, that God knows you and he loves you, then the stuff of life won't get you all riled up because you, you're resting in that relationship. Could it be that, uh, that, that as you deal with, uh, with the worries of life, you need to remind yourself that God is for you and he loves you and you are valuable to him. He will provide for you. Even, even better than the birds and the flowers, he will provide for you. God values you. It's an important part of this message. It's not just stop it. It's dear child, I love you. 
and you can rest in that. There is peace in that. Resting and living out of that place leads us to another principle, which is that if God values you, you need to value God. Verse 33 is probably one of the, the top 10 most memorized verses in the Bible. Uh, I learned it in the, uh, in the old King James years ago. Uh, Seek ye first. You got to get the ye in there, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Well, God's agenda. What is God doing? God's kingdom. He is building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We want his agenda, his will in the, in, in, in the world and in our lives. And, and if we're seeking after that first, everything else, this says, everything else falls into place. So we let God's love reign, that, that his love, his agenda, his grace is, is number one in our lives. And, and, uh, and, and as we are pursuing, as he is pursuing us and he knows us and he loves us and, and we're valuable to him and we're resting in that, then we live that out by valuing him and his kingdom. We're seeking after what he wants, not just whatever, whatever, after whatever we want. Because what is at the center of your life can also determine your level of anxiety. What's, what's the most important thing? I mean, this, is, this, is, uh, this passage here in Matthew 6 is one of the most powerful passages in the Bible about trusting God. Uh, trust brings peace and, and, uh, and diminishes anxiety. So, so what are you trusting in? What is it at the center of your life? If you're committed at the core to something other than God, if you're trusting in things that are not God, then, then, you'll find true re- then you won't find true rest from your worries. But, so, so what is at the center of it? I mean, if, if you really got down to it and, and, uh, and, and everything, and, and I've, I've got to do this. This is the one thing. This is the most important thing. Who or what has the, has, has the ultimate authority in your life? Could be a person like a relationship, right? Uh, any, not, uh, nothing else matters ultimately if that relationship isn't right. And so if something is going sideways in that relationship, everything else is thrown off. And so, so that person or that relationship has, uh, is number one in your life. I don't know, for a lot of people, it's money, right? Uh, that's a big, big one. Uh, ultimate, uh, ultimate decisions then are based on what's, uh, what's most beneficial to me, what, what I can get the most, uh, money and, and stuff. A lot of people uh, just go with their feelings these days. And that's what, if I, I want to feel uh, right about this, our emotions guide our decisions more than, probably more than we want to admit. Ultimately, I think, I think for most of us, we are the center of our, of our own universe, right? I want what I want when I want it. Uh, nothing else, dare I say not even God, is going to get in the way. And if I'm living based on anything except God being in the center, reigning in my heart, then, then I'll be anxious. Oswald Chambers has famously said, that, I love this quote, uh, all our fret and worry is caused by calculating without God. Oh, I've got this problem. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I, oh, wait a minute. I haven't calculated that God is involved and on board here. How many times have we looked at a situation? It doesn't get, uh, doesn't add up. We get frustrated and stressed and worried, and 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 uh, and, and we try to, to work it all out in our own wisdom and our own ingenuity, and and uh, and and then we worry. 
If I'm, if I'm committed to, uh, to just figuring it out on my own, I'm going to have worries. If, if, I've, if I think that I'm going to uh, just uh, rely on an institution or, or a governmental system to solve my, my problems, I, I'm going to worry. If I'm counting on someone else, uh, there's a chance they're not going to come through for me, right? And so I'm going to worry. But if I'm trusting in an all-powerful God who loves and values me, who is not surprised by what's going on in my life, who is not wringing his hands at my problems. Uh, He already knew that they were coming. If I'm following that God and he is first and foremost in my life, then my worries diminish. In that same, uh, same reading in Oswald Chambers' devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest. If you're not, uh, uh, if you don't have a devotional book or you're looking for something that's gonna, uh, gonna be a great one, I mean, those readings take about five minutes a day, but, uh, but so much there. Uh, you can Google that, My Utmost for His Highest. I think you can probably even get it free or almost free these days anywhere. But Oswald Chambers says in that same reading on that same day where he said, uh, all fret and worry is, is calculating without God, he also says this. Fretting is wicked if you're a child of God. Doesn't pull any punches, I guess. He, he, he says, our Lord never worried and he was never anxious. Why? Because he was not out to realize his own ideas. He was out to realize God's ideas. That sounds a lot like seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. Could it be that our worry has a whole lot to do with our desire to get what we want. But what if our whole desire was to trust that what God allows is what's best? If, if we're living in order to realize our own ideas, our own plans, our own goals, then uh, the, the, the things that we uh, think will make us happy, if we're living, then, then that means we're living for our own kingdom. But Jesus said, seek his kingdom first and he will take care of all the details. Worrying about tomorrow doesn't take care of tomorrow. Trusting in God takes care of tomorrow. He loves you and he values you. He, he knows you and he cares. So because of that, if we're living out of that, then we're going to seek him first and he will work out the details and so we have to trust. And, and, uh, and I know that circumstances change and, and people let us down and, and our emotions go all over the place, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His wisdom is beyond anything we could possibly imagine. God and his love for you must be what reigns over your life. Nothing else is more important. Now, I understand that it's easy as a, maybe not easy, but it's, uh, it's one thing as a preacher to stand up here and just, just uh, it, I, I guess I know that these words could come across as me just saying, hey, just stop it. Just, you're anxious, stop it. Yeah, God's got it. This is a, man, it's a day by day, sometimes, an hour by hour or a minute by minute, reminding yourself again, God loves me. He knows me. He values me. God loves me more than I will ever know. And so I don't have to worry. I can seek after him. And then five minutes later, (laughs) when you start spiraling again and you come back to God knows me and he loves me and I can rest in him. 
and I can rest in, in, in that love, that, that, that love that, that, uh, that, that I desire most of all, that love that, that uh, covers over anything in my past. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Anything that, that, that I've done, that, 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 uh, that, that God's love and his grace makes all the difference. He forgives and he cleanses that love that as we, as we offer ourselves to God, we talked last week about being a living sacrifice and, and, and allowing uh, uh, him to, uh, to reign in our lives over our present situation, our circumstances. We, we offer ourselves to him and, and we, we get to know his will for our lives. As we, again, acknowledge that he is God and we are not and we can rest in his embrace and his love for us. Seeking after him, God first, God's agenda. He'll take care of the details. It all rests again in his love. And we have to build our lives on that. We have to allow his love to rule and reign our hearts and lives. Father God, we thank you for the abundance of your great love. For the way that you value us. Lord, I pray that as we as we live our lives each day, that we can recognize and know that we are living for your kingdom and not our own. That uh, we want to place you on the throne of our hearts, that we want to allow your love to to, to rule everything in our lives. And Lord, I pray that, that, uh, that, that that would be evident in our life today, this afternoon, this week. That, that others can see and know that we're living for someone else. We're living for you. And as we experience your love, that you provide that abundant life that we can enjoy. Lord, I, I pray that you will uh, work within us, that you would change us from the inside out as we offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name.